as promised, uh, we're going to talk about our trip to the Lizadro. I guess first, as promised, we went, right? Um, <laughs> we, we went there and we were going to record like right after we went there, but then that didn't happen. So it's been a few days. Um, but Five, I think. Five days. Yeah. Okay. So in the second part of the Istari episode. Yes. Uh, Dan mentioned about the game Shadow of Mortar. There is an Azurite figurine that he thought reminded him of um, something he had seen at the Lizadro Museum of Lapidary Arts. So last weekend, I went to visit Dan and we went to the Lizardro Museum of Lapidary Arts. Um, and Dan had been there before. Yeah, more than once. It's a great place. Um, and I had never been there, even though I have been collecting rocks since I was like four. Which I totally did not know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a suitcase full of rocks that I collected when I was a kid. And they aren't just like rocks from my driveway. Although some of them are rocks from my driveway. Um, a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them are rocks that um, my cousin and I would go to rock shows and... Hi, Jesse. We would get like grab bags of rocks. We'd learn to identify rocks. We'd trade them. Um, we both had a suitcase. Did you guys like you have rock tumblers at home or, or not? Um, I had one. Yeah. I don't know that I ever used it, but I had one. <laughs> <laughs> that was that weird science kit thing that like uh, one of the nerdy kids always had when, yeah. when you were in like grade school or middle school or whatever. And like it was the coolest thing, though, because like they would shine up the rocks and be pretty. Yeah. So my, my second grade science fair project was my rock collection sorted and organized. And, um, so this is totally my thing. So we, we finally, I finally got to go and have a look around. Um, and this isn't really related to Tolkien other than that one mention. Uh, yeah. So in the, if you guys remember in the second episode of the Astari, like Erica was talking about, there is a weathered Azurite figurine, the two Astari in the shadow of Mordor. Well, there's a link to it in the show notes for the Astari episode, but we'll put a link here too. So you can take a look at it. And I guess a couple things that I wanted to talk about after you went to the museum are, well, one, I guess just what was your impression of the museum? So it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And if I had been there when I was 11, I would have cried and peed my pants and been like in a crying ball on the floor because it was so exciting. Um, now I have more self-control. I didn't do any of those things, thankfully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, it was like a childhood dream come true for me to see it. And the the first level when you walk in the upper floor is a lot of... Um, rock like stone art so um, there are images that from afar they look like photographs when you get a little closer they look like paintings but if you stand very close to them and hit the light at the right angle you can see that they're actually mosaics made of rice-sized grains of rock and they are stunning yeah they're really one cool there was one that i wanted to lick for no particular reason i didn't lick it i'm proud of myself this is why I'm not to, allowed like, in museums. Lots of stuff in there. Well, it's just a texture thing, you know. <laughs> and when when you're identifying rocks, sometimes you need to lick them to figure out what they are. And sometimes um, you just want to lick them. And sometimes they just look smooth and shiny, <laughs> like the mosaics. There's a particular one that was of food 
So, you know, don't blame me for that one. That's true. There was one that was of food. And there was one with booze in it. Which I'm always a big fan of. So, yeah. Anyway, so the main floor when you walk in, I didn't even get... I didn't get through the entire main floor um, because it's a lot of jade work and ivory work and the stone work that was done by hand and the intricacy of it and the beauty of it. I found completely overwhelming um, to know how much time and effort and skill went into every little piece of those items was completely crushing me and I had to leave. I had to go to the other level, which was more natural. Yeah. You, uh, you talked about how you, you could feel the weight of the effort of the hands that had worked on the art that we were looking at. And one of the things in the, um, on the top level is they have a um, carving tool, which is manually powered. So it's like got pedals and a, and a belt drive. Um, so basically you would like move your feet up and down to spin a cutting tool back and forth. And it's basically, if you can think of it like a, like a foot powered Dremel tool. Yes. And so you would take that with like a cutting wheel on it or various, I'm sure it had more than one, um, tip, but you would take that and you would use, use that to cut into the stone and some of the some of the stonework was like individual lotus petals at a tenth of the size of a lotus flower. Right. And so the the intricacy of these things, I cannot overstate it. It was absolutely stunning. And and this tool was very it was imprecise. It was an imprecise tool. And to imagine it creating these extremely intricate works of beauty, one of the jade items was a sixteenth of an inch thick. And it was carved with in relief there were items that had trees that were detached from the main stem of the items so that there was this tiny tendril of what was the trunk of the tree coming off and reattaching higher up for the leaves but there was just these it was so delicate and to see that carved in stone with such imprecise tools the skill that went into that absolutely overwhelmed me and I didn't finish looking at everything on that floor because I had to leave because <laughs> I thought I was gonna cry or something um yeah so um as I recall your from our conversation your uh suitcase full of rocks has some azurite in it it does it has a very small piece of azurite it's from one of the grab bags I got at a rock and gem show when I was probably 11 years old. And it looks like a gray stone it has a number on it. So you know how to, um, uh, cross-reference it on the list that I have, uh-huh. but it has just tiny little streaks of blue. So this, this raw azurite is what azurite normally looks like. It's got like tiny little bits of blue, like right here. Mm-hmm. I'm showing it to Dan right now. You can't see in a podcast um, right there. Just little oh, tiny yeah. f- flecks of blue is how you normally find azurite. Um, so that's what I have. And the, so I have a piece that I got at the museum, a small piece that I got at the museum. And this piece is mostly blue. It has um, bits of brown and white and gray and a little bit of green color in it. And it's kind of sparkly in spots. This is more akin to what the figurine in the game would have been carved out of. 
Oh my, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, a very deep royal indigo sort of color. Right. I got um, it because it was my intent for us to to look at this when we were having our discussion about the figurine, um, because it was the closest one that I could find to something that might have been used to carve the figurine um, from the game. And there are some pieces at the Lazardra that have, the Azurite does have blue and green mixed in mm-hmm. it, and often gray. The description again here of this of this figurine is this crudely carved figurine depicts two enigmatic wizards who came to Mordor hunting a great evil. And once again, just to, to look, this is cruder work than much of what we saw at the Lizadro. And if you think about it like this, and we'll provide a link to the Lizadro's homepage as well. So you can look at some of the stuff we're talking about and you can sort of see the difference. This is definitely the same kind of work when you look at it, but the work um, to carve these two figurines well, I guess this figurine of two Istari, it's a single figurine, um, is still, it's a still a stunning amount of work. Okay, the first thing this makes me think of when I look at it is actually, like, whittling. Mm-hmm. Like it was carved out of wood. I mean, yeah, it's that same sort of work. So, um... Yeah, it reminds me of whittling because of the way that the lines are done and the way that the shape of it is in general. But, like, just imagine, for those of you that have done any kind of carving, just imagine doing that but with stone. And stone, like wood, has its own grain. And I don't know about azurite. I'm not a stone carver. But to get stone smooth is a challenge. Mm -hmm. You have to polish it um, after you carve it. And getting to have any detail whatsoever after polishing is a chore. Yeah, so... So you need to have... You need to have um, built room in your carving, I believe. And if there are any stone carvers out there that want to correct me, feel free to correct me. Um, But in my experience, doing a minimal amount of stone carving, which I have done um, the, the last part, the shining of it does tend to take off a tiny bit of detail. And you may think that that's not a big deal, but if you had seen some of the jade pieces. (laughs) Yeah. And so the jade pieces that we looked at are true masterworks. And I may have said that earlier, but they're true masterworks. Whereas this piece is, is very well done, but is not that level, but would still have taken somebody a really, really long time. I don't know how long, but, a long, a long time. A long time. <laughs> not not their whole life, like some of the stuff we looked at, but but certainly not an afternoon. And you know, and you know, going to a museum is always a learning experience. Yeah. And uh, they had a table set out that had chakra stones on it. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, one of and it, it talked about the different chakras and. Um, the different meanings between behind the different stones and you know nothing I really know anything about but I was like oh let's have a look at this table and then they had a chunk of azurite in there oh yeah that's right and the azurite is the third eye chakra stone which is for intuition and intellect which adds another layer to this carved Astari statue it makes me wonder if the people that made the game knew about that association and chose azurite for that reason and 
I don't know what meaning the color blue may have carried for Tolkien, but the fact that there were blue Astari kind of does beg that question. And seeing the association with the chakras and the azurite kind of reminded me of that. Like, there aren't any other creatures, really, that we associate with specific colors other than the Astari, unless I'm mistaken. No, not that I can think of. So, I mean, I may be wrong about that, but there's lightness and dark, certainly. But certainly within the confines of the Lord of the Rings, there aren't other beings which are constantly referred to by color. You have Saruman the White, Gandalf the Grey, the Blue Astari, Radagast the Brown. Mm -hmm. And that's all of them. So That we know about. Except for the lamos that stayed back in Valinor. Oh, they're having a good time. We can't be mad at them. They probably were. They were like, we're going to trick these guys to go into... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Except for Gandalf, who Manway was like, no, you, you go. Gandalf was trying to stay back with the cool kids. <laughs> Manway's like, mm, you don't get to sit on your butt. You have to uh, go over to Middle Earth and fight. Anyway, um, I guess I, I don't really have anything else to talk about here for this little chunk of episode. But mostly this was about us just sharing experience we had and and it was sort of vaguely loosely tied into the podcast because we talked about the museum during the podcast, but we, we will, we will include a link to the museum webpage in the show notes, the link to the blue Astari statue from the shadow mortar wiki. And also I will try to find a video that's accessible like YouTube or something like that, that shows what stone carving looks like so that you guys get some idea for those of you that are interested, you can actually dig in a little bit and see it's a huge amount of work. And I know we keep saying that, but like... It's pretty intense when you see yes. it in person. If you actually see somebody doing... I actually think there might be a video of of somebody working on stone on the Lazadra website. There is, yes. And if you're a person that sort of a ca- ha- has a casual interest in art, it's, it's, uh, it's only $5 to get in. It's free on Fridays, I think, or maybe only certain Fridays of the month, but... Um, $5 is not a lot of money to see what we saw there. Also, they do take donations. So if you enjoy it, if you go there and you enjoy it, please consider donating to them. I'm sure they could use funding as all nonprofits could. Right. And it's um, it's easy to spend. Like if you're somebody who's interested in carving or stones, it's easy to spend an entire afternoon there. If you're somebody who only has casual interest, you could walk through the place easily in 15 or 20 minutes, maybe half an hour. Um, the upper floor and then spend just a little bit longer maybe in the lower floor because there's a lot of reading to do in the lower floor and if you wanted to watch any of the videos um, it would take a little bit more time i'm the sort of person that gets very overwhelmed quickly in museums this museum is not large it would be very easy to do between breakfast and lunch or between lunch and dinner yeah so we highly recommend going to the museum that's basically the point Um, we know most of our listeners are in wisconsin and illinois and so Take a field trip. Those of you that can uh, go, go. And those of you uh, from our expanding listener base overseas, which is most of the rest of you. Thank you, uh, by the way. Yeah, that's great. Uh, But sorry, you're not going to be able to go there unless you visit Chicago. But if you do visit Chicago, you know. Definitely check it out. It's not too far. (laughs) It's not terribly far from the airport. Yeah, no, it's not terribly far from the airport. It's pretty close. So you can get there if you if you decide to. And if you can't get there, the website is absolutely excellent. Whoever whoever um, made their website did a very good job. So 
That's true. And they have a lot of videos on the website that show you some of the bigger exhibits, uh, like the Blue Jade Pagoda, I oh, believe, yeah. is on there. But anyway, like I said, we we just really wanted to share this experience with you guys uh, after having talked up the museum a little bit in the Istari Part 2 and uh, the way that Erica reacted to it. <laughs> when I had no idea that she was so into um, minerals, so it was that was just kind so of a fun much. It was just kind of a fun experience. <laughs> I, I like learned some stuff about her, and we just had a really good time. Well, thanks everybody for listening to us ramble about rocks. Shout out to Jesse Stevens. For being my rock buddy as a kid. And shout out to Dr. Turtle for the music. Uh, yeah, that's it from us. So we'll see you next time. Uh, next up is an episode about the stewards of Gondor and the house of Denethor. This is going to be another long one, people. Yeah, we may split it up. We haven't decided yet. We have to We have to finish up doing the work first. So. We? Yeah, me. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>